Today is the Feast of Christ, the King of the Universe. And I'd like to, in this podcast, explore the ways in which not only is Christ King, but how we can pay homage to our King. For the first time in my lifetime, and probably many of you listening too, there is a king who is acclaimed and crowned as our head of state. Now much has changed in the last 70 years, the years that Charles III's mother reigned as queen. One change was that on the accession of King Charles last year, the accession council was televised. Out of a sense of history and of interest, I watched it. And as I did, I was reminded that all earthly kings have to attain the crown and the throne, and equally their capacity to be king has to be acknowledged. Now in times gone by, it might have been winning a battle, defeating an opposing force that gave the right to claim the throne. Nevertheless, the victor still needed to be acclaimed and accepted as king by the nobles, the church and the law before he was crowned. Christ does not fit that model of kingship because he is God. God is the true king, the king of kings, the ultimate authority over all the universe. God made the universe, he sustains it, and he controls its ultimate destiny. In fact, Jesus came to show us what God's kingship is. The kingship, or the kingdom of God, has come upon you, was his first proclamation. It has always been the Christian perspective that Christ shows the rulers of this world what being a king or a ruler means. Thus true kingship after the pattern of Christ means a lowliness of service, a care for those under one's authority, a preparedness to suffer and to die, and standing up for the truth. Christ the Lord already reigns in this world through his church, but as we are sometimes clearly and brutally aware, all the things of this world are not yet subjected to him. This kingdom of Christ was expressed in a stirring poem written by the English diplomat Sir Cecil Spring Rice that was written around 1912. He named it the City of God, using the same title that St. Augustine used for one of his most famous books. In the poem, Spring Rice writes of another country that was not England, but was and here I quote from the poem, Another country I've heard of long ago, most dear to them that love her, most great to them that know. We may not count her armies, 
we may not see her king. Her fortress is a faithful heart, her pride in suffering. And soul by soul and silently, her shining bounds increase, and her ways are ways of gentleness, and all her paths are peace. The words were, sent to, were set to music by Sir Gustav Holst and became the hymn, I vow to thee, my country. <clears throat> this other country is the kingdom of which Christ is already acclaimed and crowned as king. It advances unnoticed, silently but surely, towards that point in human history which is called Judgment Day, at the end of the world. Then Christ will come in glory to achieve the definitive triumph of good over evil, the evil which has grown up in the course of history. We do not have a king who rules from a distant place. Our king rules from the midst of his flock. He is ever present in the tabernacle of every Catholic church. At every celebration of Holy Mass, for the sake of his flock, he offers himself again as the sacrifice for our salvation. This is the extent of his love for his flock, his love for those who belong to his kingdom. So how do we respond to our King? How do we live today with the end, the end of my life and the end of the world in view? Well, let me tell you of a sure way. Our Lord is hidden there in the tabernacle, waiting for us to come and visit him and make our requests to him. How good he is. He accommodates himself to our weakness. In heaven, where we shall be glorious and triumphant, we shall see him in all his glory. If he had presented himself before us in that glory now, we would not dare to approach him but he hides himself. He is the hidden Jesus, for our sake, not for his. He is there in the tabernacle and the sacrament of his love. He is there to console us, and therefore we ought often to visit him. How pleasing to him is whatever time that we give to come and pray to him to visit him, to console him. When he sees us coming eagerly to him, he smiles upon us. To be in the presence of our Lord King brings us such happiness, just to be before him where he truly is. Our good Saviour is so full of love for us that he draws us to him. If we had the eyes of angels, 
with which to see our Lord Jesus Christ, who is there present in the tabernacle, how we should love him. We would never more wish to part from him. We would wish to remain always with him. It would be a foretaste of heaven. When we are there before the Blessed Sacrament, let us open our heart. Our good King will open his. We shall go to him. This is the way, the sure way to reach heaven. Do you make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, to Jesus our King in the tabernacle, in your church? Do you know what hours of the day that your church is open so you can do that? Are there holy hours in your parish church that you could attend for the whole hour or maybe even only five to ten minutes? Can you do more than what you are doing at the moment to reverence that presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and to show your love your attention, your worth, your, your desire to deepen your friendship with him and how worthy he is of your time and your attention and your love. Jesus, the King of the universe, who is also the Good Shepherd, cannot rest until all his children are home safe and sound. He longs for us, for us to be with him in his Eucharistic presence now and each moment spent with him now and each Holy Communion too gives us the knowledge and the friendship with the one who will judge my life so that we may have confidence to pass through the dark door of death and see him unveiled in all his royal and divine splendour. Laudato Jesus Christus.